Now, we've been working our way through the book of Matthew. We've kind of been camped out at this, uh, at this Sermon on the Mount, particularly as Jesus was in the beginning of, his, uh, of this message, as he shares what we've called the Beatitudes, these uh, eight uh, commands, really eight life-changing statements. And we've worked our way down this morning. We're going to be looking at number seven of those Beatitudes, verse nine. But uh, before we get there, I want you to stand with me again. And let's, let's read together this first 12 verses of Matthew chapter five. So join me as we read them. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is a kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And I left out, for great is your reward in heaven. Okay? Hey, let's do that. We can do that better on the verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now, Father, we invite your Holy Spirit to come and, Lord, take the word of God that was breathed by you, and, Lord, breathe it not only into our minds but into our lives so that we not only know more, but, Lord, that we are more like your son, Jesus Christ. You be our teacher. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Now, as, as Jesus was sharing that morning there around the Sea of Galilee, it, it must have been quite a shock, I'm sure, that, uh, that this statement from this young teacher from Galilee was, uh, was more than shocking, especially to the, the Jews in the, in the group that day. And, and I kind of have the opinion that were probably mostly Jews that were there. But to how could Jesus ever expect them to to uh, overthrow the Roman government and to restore Israel back to the, to the days of David and back to the days of Solomon, back to the days of when they were truly one of the, the great powers of the world. How could, they expect, how could he expect them to do that by being peacemakers? The wrong, you know, I can imagine, I can, I can imagine them just shaking their heads and said, you know, this is, this is crazy. The Roman soldiers aren't going to lay down their weapons and they're not going to stand aside because a group of Jews come making peace. How are we ever going to kick them back to Rome by being peacemakers? They were looking for a Messiah that would come and militarily most likely overthrow the Roman government and again, bring Israel back into world prominence. So it made no sense at all to them. Looking at verse 9 afresh this week, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And I thought about that. I thought, look, look around us today. You know, look at the conflict. Look at the turmoil. Look at the terrorist attacks around the world. 
Um, and, and the question is, all, in, in light of all this hostility, in light of all the hate, is, is the calling of verse 9 still, does it still apply to those followers of, of Christ today to be peacemakers? And as I look at that, it, it's, it's, an, you know, it's, it's, it's an option that in a world is seemingly growing more and more hostile to anyone who names the name of Christ. And the world seems to be bent on rushing towards self-destruction and annihilation. And he's calling us in the midst of all this to still be peacemakers. And I think the answer is definitely yes. Definitely yes. I want to talk about it, but before I talk about it, I want to share with you wisdom from a child. Heard this this week. It's a four-year-old boy, so I can relate to that. We got some grandkids that age. Little four-year-old boy, and he had a friend that was going to come over and play with him one afternoon. And it was a rough day for four-year-olds. Um, they, they played a little while all right, but then the, 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 it was hard to share the toys. There was a lot of uh, fighting and fussing, and the mom had come in and, and tried to make peace a couple of times. Finally, the mom come in with a, with a break and with a snack. And she, she got her little son aside, the four-year-old, and she said, son, she said, listen, she said, your friend came over to play with you, and you've, been, you've not been nice to him. You've not shared your toys, you've been mean, and you need to do a better job of being a good host to him. And the little four-year-old boy looked up at his mom, and he said, well, mom, he said, sometimes I'm mean, and sometimes I'm not. People are like that, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, that's ouch to me. Uh, it would have been earlier in the week, and I, I, I came home one, one afternoon, and, and uh, I just got on to, to a good friend for being too impatient with uh, people that, that they loved. And on the way home, it's like, boy, you sure were impatient with him. And I got home, and I told Barbie, I said, I'm so grouchy. I can't hardly stand me. Um, sometimes I'm patient. Sometimes I'm not. You know, sometimes I'm really understanding. And sometimes it doesn't seem like, it seems like I came him understanding up in a corner. Um, so, okay, blessed are the peacemakers. As far as I can tell, this is the only time that this word is used in the New Testament, and here in verse nine. Now, it's the, the meaning, and I think it's, 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 it's kind of illuminated by a verse that's found in James chapter three, verse 18, that kind of says, same thing. It says, and the fruit of righteousness, now look at this, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Interesting. It's interesting to me that, that God called us to be peacemakers and not peacekeepers. In some of the places I've been, and I'm sure uh, the others that have traveled a lot of other places around the world, I've seen the white and blue vehicles of the United Nations peacekeeping forces. And they're now in many, many different countries around the world. And, you know, how's that seem to be going? Peacekeeping, if you aren't careful and try to keep the peace, you'll end up like the fellow that had friends in the Northern Army and friends in the Southern Army, and he wasn't going to take sides, so he wore a blue jacket and gray pants. And when they found his body, he was shot both in the top and in the bottom. <laughs> you just, you know, you, 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 you sometimes... When you try to keep the peace, you ended up you end up being in the middle of something. It's a joke. Well, scriptures are clear to us and warn us about a couple of different kinds of people 
that aren't peacemakers. First of all, scripture warns us about peace breakers. Look in the book of Romans with me, Romans chapter 16. It says, and now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. Look at the next verse. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They're serving their own personal interests by smooth talk and glowing words. They deceive innocent people. And notice that the writer of this, most likely Paul, was, in, was warning them about, the, about divisions within the body of Christ, within the church. And he, and he, and he, he cautions them about that. In Proverbs chapter 16, it says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossips, sep- gossip separates even the best of friends. And if we go back to verse 27 before this, we understand, we see one of the, one of the primary weapons that Satan places in the hands of people that are peace breakers. He says, scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. If, if we look at this, we, we see that the tongue, James says, causes all kinds of problems. There's a pretty good section of scripture in James chapter 3 that warns us about this. It says, for in many things we offend all. If any man does not offend in word, he's just a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Behold also the ships, they're so big, driven with fierce winds, and yet they're turned about with a very small helm wherever they want to pilot them. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasts is great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and birds, serpents, and things in the sea is tamed, and has been tamed of man. But the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after God's image. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing, my brethren. It ought to be like this. It shouldn't be this way. Peace breakers. And one of the primary tools that the enemy uses to break the peace and the fellowship among the believers is the tongue. Be careful. We're warned over and over and over. Even be careful if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you are framing it in the scope of spirituality. Well, let me share something with you just for you to pray about. If that's what it's shared with you for, then take it to the Lord and no one else. No one else. It's hard to unknow things once you know them. And some things that are shared should never be shared. Keep that before the Lord. Do not be a peacebreaker. He's called us to be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper, not a peacebreaker. Now, since I've taken the privilege of talking about peacebreakers, let me, before I share a little bit about a peacemaker, let me share about one more uh, one more uh, category of people that we need to be careful about, and those are peace fakers. Peace fakers. I grew up in a in a in a home that um, we above everything else uh, we it was valued. Don't argue. Don't argue. 
And so no matter what, now, we weren't allowed to argue. Now, it's okay for mom and dad to argue sometimes, but we couldn't argue, okay? And, and, and so what, what I grew up with was that, uh, that peace was just an absence of conflict. And that's not true. It's not true at all. Bill Hybels, pastor, I think he pastored, was it Willow Creek? He shares and has several books. And he shares a story in one of his story about, he had a good friend. And he, Bill Hybels says that, that this friend, over a course of time, he saw this friend and he saw him take a turn in his, in his personal life and, uh, and uh, his walk with the Lord that really concerned him. And, and, and uh, his friend was headed for some, some turbulent waters unless something changed. And so he, 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 got, he got concerned and he decided he would invite his friend out for lunch and, and he would try to talk to him. So he invited him out. And so over lunch, they, they sat and they talked pleasantries. And finally, Bill felt like it was time to, to share with him, confront his friend. And he said, listen, he said, the reason I asked us to get together, he said, I've seen the direction that I think you're headed. And you need to know, I, I'm not trying to run your life. I'm not trying to, trying to get into your life. But I'm very concerned about the directions and, and talked about some things that are going on. And the friend just got really angry. And uh, Bill said he thought he was going to come across the table. And, and to the point that Bill said, okay, okay. He said, I'm sorry I mentioned it. I'll never mention it again. And he didn't. Within two years, the friend had ruined his life by the decisions he had made and the directions he had went. Later on, Bill would run into him and he said this. He said, I ask his forgiveness. He said, I was not a good friend. He said, the day when I said I never mentioned it, he said, what I should have said to you was, I'm your friend. I love you. You can hit me if that'll make you feel better, but I'm going to be in your face. I'm going to be in your grill until you get this right. But he said, I didn't. He faked the peace and it was at a great, great cost. I'm convinced that today there are a lot of friendships and there are a lot of marriages that can die while everything on the outside looks peaceful, but it's not based on truth on the inside. Ephesians chapter four, some verses there said, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lines, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Don't be a peace faker at the expense of truth. Prayerfully and lovingly share the truth. Barbie says, she always reminds me, Jerry, it's a world of difference between sharing the truth in love and loving to share the truth. And sometimes it makes all the difference in the world of how that's received. We share the truth in love prayerfully after we've first taken it to the Lord, okay? Don't wash your brother's feet with a Brillo pad, okay? Wash it with tears and softly. I want to talk about what he does call us to do. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And like we've done with the last two, like we've done with a pure in heart and like we've done with a merciful. I want to talk about how do, how do I be, how, how can I become, how do I be a better peacemaker and not be a peace breaker, not try to be a peacekeeper and surely don't be a peace faker. How, how, do, how do I do that? What does being a peacemaker look like? The first thing, Romans chapter five, verse one makes it very clear. It says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes were afar off have been made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he, Christ, is our peace, who has made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition, separating us between man and God. Jesus Christ did that. He's our peace. You can't be a peacemaker until, first of all, you have experienced that peace that only Jesus Christ can bring. And I want to tell you, there is nothing that can take the place of that. If you're angry with God or feel like God has always been angry with you, you need to know that he loves you. You need to know that he died. He gave his blood so that he could bring us not only the forgiveness of our sins, but that he could bring us peace in that relationship with God. So before you can ever be a peacemaker, you need to know that he is your peace. And then the second thing, how do I become a peacemaker? One, you have peace with God. Is two, you stop being self-centered. Okay? It's just, it's not all about you. And you say, well, I'm, I'm not that way. You know, I, and I, I'm realizing this, that self-centeredness comes in a lot of different forms. It really does. You don't just have to have your own way all the time. Sometimes it's just, it's, 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 it's you always think people are out to, to get you. Because somebody whispers back here in this corner of the church don't mean they're talking about Mike and Jill and the golf clubs. Don't mean that. That's a whole other story, okay? Or because somebody whispers over here, Paul and Lynn whispers something, don't mean that they're talking about Phil and Joanne. You know, I, come on. It's not the world doesn't revolve around you. You're not the center of everything. We need to relax. We need to take a deep breath and step back. And we need to let God be God. We need to enjoy his peace. And we need to love each other in Christ-like love. We call, he's called us to be peacemakers. It starts with peace with him. It starts with getting over ourselves and serving and loving, love, loving, loving others. Loving and forgiving. Ephesians 4, some good verses. Let him who stole steal no more. Let, her, let him work with his hands, making some money so he can give to those who have need. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may, may minister grace to the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. So he, he's, he's called us in this. I've got a couple more verses. He says, let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with malice, with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. We need to walk in that peace that he's given us. We need to know that he needs to be our peace. We need to get over self and, and focus on others. We need to be forgiving and kind and loving each other. And then I was finally, and I was, I was looking in, at this verse 9 and I, and I looked at Chuck Smith's commentary about Chuck Smith, Calvary Chapel pastor. He's gone home to be with the Lord. And I loved it, but there's only one thing I took out of all his commentary. And this just jumped off the page to me when he was talking about how do we be peacemakers. This suggestion he had there amongst some of his others. He said, learn not to speak. <laughs> now, again, I said, oh, man. I, I, I want to tell you, I'm half woman. My mother was a woman. So I, I have this woman gene. That's the blondes that just now are getting that, okay? But not only, not only was my mother a woman, but my mother loved to talk. And those of you that know her, she was a talker. 
I missed that talk in there. I grieved her about it, and then she was here. I still probably grieve her about it. We, we jokingly would say this to her, but there was a lot of truth lost in this joking. She, she and dad started Blair's old restaurant, and for years they ran that, and, and mom kept the, the, she took the money up. And we jokingly would say, if, if somebody came into the Blair's old restaurant and she didn't know them, before they left, she would know who they were, where they were from, where they were going, and what they were going to do when they got there. And there's a, there, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. Those of you that, that know mom, and she loved to talk. And so I, I love to, I, I, I don't have skills. I wish I had skills. You know, I, I, I talk and that's not a skill. Matter of fact, that scares me because there's a proverb that says, in the multitude of words, there's no lack of sin. And so I realize that those of us who talk a lot, we need, we need to throttle that thing back a little bit and ask the Lord to put a guard in that the Psalm, what did David said, put a guard on my lips there? Uh, I think so. Chuck Smith says, to be a peacemaker, we need to learn not to talk and to listen more. That's me. I, I do. So I'm saying, okay, he's called us to be peacemakers, not peace fakers, not peace breakers, and surely not peacekeepers. But I want to talk just to, before you share communion. I want to look at the end of this. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. There's a... There is a, a sense a, 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 a sense of contentment, if I can say it that way. It's, it means happy, oh how happy. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now know this, that even the prince of peace, when he came, he was misunderstood. He was lied about. And ultimately he was crucified. So there, there are times that even a peacemaker is going to be persecuted. We'll talk about that next week, maybe, in the, in the next or the week after, somewhere in there. But look at what it says. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Somebody says you look just like your dad. And I do. Those of you that knew dad in his older years, I, I look in the mirror and sometimes I talk to him. How you doing, dad? <laughs> or she looks just like her mother, you know? She looks just like her mother. And... Uh, Listen, I'm convinced that we look the most like our heavenly father when we are loving with his love, sharing grace with his grace, and we are here when we are peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. Who's going to call us children of God? Is the world? I think the world are going to look and say, wow, they're just like Jesus. That's what Jesus would look like. That's what Jesus, they must be. One of your kids. What about our Heavenly Father? I'm convinced that that also applies to Him. They shall be called the children of God. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's my, that's my boy. That's my girl. Look at it. I love what they're doing when they trust in me. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Well, that's my word. That's all I've got to share this morning. It's still, I, ever, I cringe, applicable, I, I, still ap- applicable. It still applies to us as we walk with him. Would you join me? And then we're going to share in our communion. And I'll ask the deacons if they'll be coming forward. Father, this morning, we thank you for the peace of God that passes all understanding. 
And you tell us in Philippians when you when you share this with us, you, it comes out of a out of a heart that's come to you, telling you what we need, thanking you for what you've done, and just committing them to do to, to those things, committing our life, committing our journey, committing our walk to you. And then you promise your promises that your peace of God will guard our hearts and minds, that this peace passing all understanding. And so, Father, once we've experienced that and are experiencing that with our walk with you, you've called us to be focused on others, to be loving and forgiving, to speak less, and to be peacemakers. Father, that's what we long for. We long for walking, being able to walk in our work, walk at school, walk in ministry, and people say, wow, that was something that Jesus would do. They look a lot like their father. They're called children of God. Now, Father, may your Holy Spirit faithfully continue to grow us and groom us till we look more and more like you. In your name I pray, amen.